Hello and welcome to Filling the Sink, a podcast from Catalan News. I'm Lorcan Doherty, and today we're talking about space. By the time you're listening to this, at 7 minutes and 12 seconds past 7 in the morning on Saturday the 20th of March to be precise, Catalonia, all being well, will have launched its first nano-satellite from the Baikonur Cosmodrome in Kazakhstan. But is it a great investment in cutting-edge technology or a waste of money that could be better spent a bit closer to home? We'll hear what the minister behind the launch, Jordi Puigneró, has to say. Also today, we'll be taking a visit to the observatory and astronomical park located in the Montsec mountain range and with NASA's Mars Perseverance rover toiling away on the red planet, Dr. Carolina Arnau tells us how research in Barcelona could pave the way for humans to follow suit in the future. With me here today are Catalan News journalist Alan Ruiz Terol and Juan Anton Catala, a writer, broadcaster and educator on the theme of the cosmos. Well, you're both very welcome. Thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you, Lorcan. Juan Anton, I get the feeling that this must be a very exciting time for space experts and enthusiasts like yourself. Indeed, it is. I remember when I, I was young, we had almost nothing about space exploration. And now space exploration is everywhere and inspiring people, inspiring scientists. It's a wonderful time. I mean, every time I look at the news, there's, there's something else space-related, whether right. it's the current NASA operations or, I don't know, some kind of... I saw something today about some strange kind of body that came from another solar right. system. It was Oumuamua. It was a fascinating thing. And we have uh, black holes. We have uh, faraway galaxies. We have a lot, a lot of things. So every day you can find uh, highlights and news about the space and, and objects in the universe. And Catalonia is getting involved too. The launch on Saturday of Enchaneta. Uh, Alan, tell us about that name. Yeah, the, the, the name was chosen by children. It was an, an initiative also including the Infoca, which is a, the news program for, for children in, in Catalonia. And Enchaneta is basically the person that goes on top of the castells, the, the human towers. It's usually a, a child. A, a very small child because like there's a, a lot of people on this on these um human towers so you don't you don't want like to someone very heavy on, on top of that yeah if anyone hasn't seen them you have to check this out there's a huge cultural tradition here in catalonia these human towers and and the, so the person right on the very top of of everyone they're called the enchaneta then and that's the name for this first nano satellite yeah, it's, it's a good name it's a good name and, and i read actually that uh, in the competition, to name it, it was five girls from across Catalonia all came up with that that one and which one, which is interesting as well, because we often talk about, you know, getting girls involved in science. So that's great to see as well. It is. It is. It's a wonderful thing for for our image, Catalonia image uh, uh, to, to the world. And also it's a brave thing because, you know, this person that goes on top of the castle has to be very brave. So they are young. They are brave. This is our nano-satellite. Nice. So the first nano-satellite being launched from Kazakhstan, but it'll be monitored and controlled from an observatory here in Catalonia. Yeah, exactly. The observatory is located in the Monsec mountain range. I actually went there recently, and they explained me like all that will be involved in, in the monitoring process. Okay, let's take a listen. Monsec is a mountain range in western Catalonia. To the south, it looks over the vast plain of Lleida, and up north, it offers a breathtaking view of the colossal Pyrenees. 
on top of Monsec, over 1,500 meters above sea level, there's an astronomical observatory. Its director is Josep Colomé, and it is a great spot to do his job. The weather is better than other places in, in Europe. The light pollution is much better. So the, for astronomy, this is a good place. And it's also perfect, he says, for monitoring nanosatellites. Like the ones, the Catalan government is launching as part of its new space program. This satellite will collect data from 100 sensors spread around Catalonia to measure different uh, variables, like uh, water level in rivers, for instance, or uh, contamination. The second satellite will be for Earth uh, observation. This is more connected to the effects of climate change. Colomé has brought a model of a nanosatellite for me to see, and it's really worth its name. The core, with all the electronics, is barely bigger than a coffee mug, and the entire structure, including the thin metal frame, is about half the size of a shoebox. Despite its dimensions, it's extremely resistant, first to endure the launch, and then to survive the freezing and boiling conditions in outer space, with temperatures changing by hundreds of degrees, depending on whether it gets direct sunlight. While we speak, Satellites keep orbiting over our heads. It's impossible to see them with the naked eye, but by looking at the huge parabolic antenna chasing their position, one can look up in the sky and imagine where they might be. Sadly, the observatory is not open to the public, but very nearby, at the foot of the mountain, the Monsec Astronomical Park looks just as impressive, delighting visitors with its moving dome and massive telescopes. Coincidentally, it resumes night tours on March 19, just the day before the Catalan government launches its first satellite. Our thanks to everyone at Monsec Observatory and Astronomical Park. A couple of things that struck me there was the fact that they said the weather has to be good because I was in a night sky observation park in Ireland for about two weeks and I didn't see that many stars. Yeah, did you have good weather in Ireland? <laughs> it, was pre- it, was, it was pretty cloudy. I mean, it was the thing is, there was no light pollution. Right. So when it was clear, it was spectacular, but it was cloudy a lot of the time. So that's important. Very important. You have to, to have clear skies and also very far away from uh, cities, for example, because the light is uh, very harmful for your experience. So it's perfectly placed. And the other thing that struck me listening to that is... They're called nanosatellites, and they really are tiny. Yeah, very tiny. They are cheap. They are cheap. Cheap to manufacture, cheap to launch. And you can fill one of those critters with a bunch of services, a bunch of technology to provide services. This is wonderful. Not everyone applauded the news of the Catalan Space Agency when it was announced last year. There was a little bit of criticism definitely and some kind of gentle ridicule i would say in some quarters as well yeah i mean we we heard a lot of um talk of uh, this catalan nasa and i guess the idea is that catalonia not being a, a state like at the international level it, it doesn't make sense for catalonia to have its own space agency there's also the european space agency and that, that's one of the things i i we, we mentioned when i interviewed um the minister jardi Puigdemont recently and he was quite clear that it's not nasa this is what he said it is obvious that it is not a catalan nasa our aim is not to 
launch or to bring astronauts uh, to other planets or to explore the outer space. Uh, our aim is, uh, uh, well, the main objective of this, uh, of this agency is, has an industrial purpose behind, which is creating jobs and giving connectivity to, to Catalonia from space. Our goals and our aims are very far away from what uh, NASA is today. Juan Anton mentioned there that not only are these satellites very small, but they don't cost much in the grand grand scheme of things. And there's been a bit of debate about how much money this is costing the public purse. The Catalan government estimates that the, the initial investment of this program will be 18 uh, million euros. By 2025, they hope to create 1,200 jobs and also a, a turnover of 280 million euros. But there's also some people, some experts who have questioned whether the space industry is the best place to put your money if what you want, if, if your goal is to, to get a lot of money in return. Yeah, in fact, as uh, Mr. Puccinaro said, uh, the Catalan Space Agency has nothing to do with space ex exploration. It has to do with providing services. So it's a platform for companies to provide services based on space. This is a new economy. It's called New Space, and it's creating jobs all around the world will create uh, huge opportunities for companies, for knowledge, for technology improvements. So the thing here is that we are uh, investing our euro, this is peanuts, so the, the, in, in the big context of the things, the figures that are peanuts. So we are investing money in our future to provide services that will benefit everybody. We will be using everyday services. Uh, this is called Internet of Things concept. And without even knowing that these services are, pro are provided by satellites in the space, we are investing money. If we don't do that, others will do. And the argument that Puchnero also makes is that investing in healthcare, education and investing in science and technology, they're not mutually exclusive things. In order to be able to invest in our education system, in our healthcare system, we need money uh, that has been created by companies and uh, by uh, the economy in order to be able to distribute this money uh, much better. So I think both things are compatible and uh, I think that the, the, the amount of money we are investing and dedicating to the new space economy right now in launching these satellites and creating this is very proportionate to the, uh, what Catalonia is uh, today. So tell us a little bit, Joan Anton, what this first nanosatellite is going to enable Catalonia to do. Okay, this first nanosatellite called Anchaneta has 5G technology, which is a, an improvement uh, over the technology that we are using for, for connecting things like, like uh, mobile phones, etc. And we'll be providing services related to, for example, monitoring the land usage, for example, the uh, development of cities or the sea level even um, people, elderly people living in remote areas uh, and, and monitoring the, the data about the health of uh, these people. So a lot of services will be available. So the satellite is the first thing. So putting a satellite on, uh, in orbit to provide the services. Second thing will be companies using the services and the data of that satellite to provide the services. Uh, and this is the key thing of, of the point of every everything that we are talking about. So creating data for other companies to create business related to this data. And, and what about those people that say, well, we have the European Space Agency, there's no need for a Catalan Space Agency? Uh, th th this is what I said before. The, so here we are not talking about space exploration. We are not sending astronauts uh, to the moon or going to Mars. 
we are creating pl a platform, a business platform for developing the, the knowledge and the technology here in Catalonia. As I said, this is unstoppable. If we don't do that, others will come here and do these things for us and will take the profit of this in terms of knowledge, technology and everything. So I think it's a, it's a good common sense to, to invest in that. Now, Mars has been in the news a lot recently with NASA's Perseverance rover sending back photos and videos from the Red Planet. But what would be needed to send humans on a similar voyage? Well, our colleague Christina Tomas-White has been finding out. From Carolina Arnau Jimenez, a researcher here in Barcelona. Human exploration of deep space might not be as far off as we once thought. A group of researchers at the Autonomous University of Barcelona are part of the Microecological Life Support System Alternative Consortium, also known as MELISA, led by the European Space Agency. Their goal is to create an artificial, self-contained ecosystem that produces food, water, and oxygen for long-term space missions since launching with all of the required supplies would simply be impossible due to their mass. I spoke to Carol Arnau Jimenez, the Melissa Pilot Plant Technical Coordinator, to find out what this actually entails. The main objective, let's say, is basically to recreate an ecological system, but in conditions much more extreme than the ones we have here in the Earth. For example, to allow life in adverse environment like Mars, all in all, the Melissa Loop has five compartments that make up its circular ecosystem, which one day will allow astronauts to explore parts of space that are currently out of reach for them. Compartment one, it's the one where all waste are treated, including all human waste. Then it moves to the second compartment, products are being degraded. Then the third compartment, it's where nitrification is performed. Then ammonium from urine is converted to nitrate. The fourth has algae and other plants that use the nitrate and absorb CO2 to produce oxygen, food, and drinking water, while the fifth is where the crew, currently made up of rats, lives. Although the project's goal is to facilitate faraway space travel, the research also has benefits on Earth, such as with wastewater management, and could even end up helping to tackle issues like climate change. We have accumulation of CO2 in the atmosphere, and the project could help or could progress on the, on the problem of the capture of CO2, let's say. The last experiment we did, connecting three of the compartments for one year. And we had animals living there, breathing the air produced by our algae. And the CO2, it's not being accumulated because we are consuming again for the algae. The Autonomous University of Barcelona began working on this project 26 years ago. All space technical programs, let's say, they are long-term uh, because everything is new. You, you, you have to explore a lot. But researchers here in Catalonia and elsewhere in Europe hope to be able to complete the self-sufficient artificial ecosystem loop in the next 10 years, possibly paving the way for, yes, life on Mars. Our thanks there to Carolina Arnau Jimenez. She was speaking to our colleague, Christina Tomas-White. And a nice Bowie reference there at the end. Joan Anton, 
space exploration really captures the human imagination, doesn't it? In terms of like you get all these pop culture references in film and in music. It does and inspires people, young people, and not only young people, but you know, uh, thinking about Mars, for example, and imagine the the rovers that are exploring that world. This is another world, and the eyes of the rovers are are opening to a whole new world. So this is wonderful and looking for life there. And actually, there's some Catalan technology on board that right. rover. You're right. Uh, so we have a, a group of nanotechnologies in the UPC. UPC is the um, Polytechnical University of Catalonia. And they had built, designed and built some nano chips that are inside the MIDA, M-A-E-D-A, instrument inside Perseverance. This is the, the meteorological instrument of the rover. In fact, we have three uh, meteorological instruments uh, on Mars, uh, Perseverance, Curiosity, which she is the other rover alive uh, on Mars, and inside, inside it's, uh, it's not a rover, she is not moving. But we have three meteorological bases on Mars, and uh, this group here in Catalonia has developed some chips that are inside this uh, instrument of the Perseverance rover. As your work as a writer and broadcaster and educator, you know, uh, do you see that people are getting more interested in space as a general topic? Yes, uh, of course, of course. Uh, this is exciting times for, for everybody. And there are a lot of questions coming from young people in the terms of what do I have to study in the future to be involved in that space exploration endeavor? And the, the answer is wonderful because some years ago, maybe you had to study science, but today everybody in every job can be involved in the space exploration, artists, physicians, uh, philosophers who are imagining how this, the human race will change. For example, once we inhabit the surface of Mars with uh, cities there, we must be able to explore the space and benefit from the space on behalf of the whole humankind and in peace. We have like a second chance to do things uh, in the space that we haven't been able to do here uh, and practice some very important values as cooperation, peace, solidarity, and then maybe one day to learn and bring back those values here to our planet. Hopefully learn some lessons. Hopefully. When do you think we might see uh, humans go to Mars? Is that something that's real? <laughs> I'd like to know. Uh, maybe, being optimistic, maybe mid-30s, so in, in the middle of, of our, in the next decade. Being more realistic, maybe 37, 38. And it will be quite different from the Apollo thing. So the Apollo thing was a short trip to, uh, to the moon. Stepping outside the, the lander, gathering samples and doing experience, and then quickly returning to Earth. Mars wouldn't be that, that way because uh, for, in the first place, the trip is seven months long, so it's a long trip. Secondly, you cannot get back as soon as you go there because the optimal configuration for a trajectory, return trajectory, has been lost. So you will be uh, there for months, if not years, there are a lot of technical issues and will be that astronauts going there, remaining on the surface or uh, in orbit around Mars for months before they can return. Well, it sounds like you have to be brave to go. Maybe maybe Enchanetta could be a name for the, for the first man mission to <laughs> Mars. What do you think? <laughs> 
Okay, now it's time for our Catalan phrase. Alan, what is it this week? So, the phrase of this week is Estás a la luna de Valencia, Lorcan. <laughs> Estás a la luna de Valencia. Yeah, you're in Valencia's moon, which I don't know if it's any different from the moon that we have in Catalonia or like in the rest of the world. But... Okay, I have to say I have no idea what that means. Um, I think it's you're kind of distracted. I don't know if Joan Anton has a better translation. No, no, please don't ask to me. Yeah, maybe it would be that being distracted, completely distracted. Is it a bit like you've got your head in the clouds? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Estás a la luna de Valencia. <laughs> That's it. And the Valencians, are they okay with us using this phrase? Ah, uh, you will have to ask them, I guess. Maybe they have a Catalan moon. <laughs> And that's us for today. Uh, lots of people to thank. First and foremost, Joan Anton Catalan. Thanks very much for coming it's been in. my pleasure. We should thank Alan, everyone at Montsec Observatory and Astronomical Park. Mm -hmm. And the Digital Policies Minister, Jordi Puigneau. Thanks to him for speaking to us. Thanks also to our colleague, Christina Tomas-White. And to Dr. Carolina Arnau at UAB. Last but definitely not least, thank you very much, Alan, for joining us today as well. <laughs> and you learned uh, a new phrase. <laughs> <laughs> this was our 20th episode of Building the Sink. Can you believe it already? So do check out catlandnews.com or wherever you normally listen to podcasts to see if there are any other episodes that might take your fancy that you might have missed. Next week, we're talking about the Spanish monarchy. Until then, from all of us here at Catalan News, bye for now. Adieu.